the Connection Podcast, connecting you to the life of the church community within the parish of Yate and the Froomside Benefice. So, hello and a huge welcome to this rebooted The Connection podcast. My name is Justin Blackett. I am the host of The Connection podcast and I'm joined by Reverend Ian Wallace. Hello, Ian. Hello. Delighted to be here. Very excited about The Connection uh, being reborn. It yeah. sort of seems very appropriate in the aftermath of, of Easter that we have a resurrection of The uh, the, the, the Connection. So, yes. Absolutely. Excited. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> and... Uh, that is correct. This is a kind of a reboot, a reborn of the Connection podcast. Uh, and we're steering the ship in a slightly different direction than what we've done before. Uh, previous uh, Connection podcast, we've had some fantastic Bible study and delving into the Bible. And all of that content is still available and is still used within some of our small groups and home groups. However, this Connection podcast for the new season is going to really start to celebrate some of the great work that happens around Yate Parish and the Froome side. So it's going to have a real mission area feel about it. And we're all really aware there is so much that goes on in the two areas that it would be great to have a space where we can celebrate some of the great work that we do. Yeah, well, sort of getting to get grips with the, the nitty-gritty of, of mission area life. Is that yeah, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And we've got some great content coming up. And I think a lot of you are fully, fully aware that we've got some great newsletters and emails and things that are on Facebook. And my plan is that I'm going to tap into some of that and bring some of those articles alive and talk to the people that are undertaking some of the great work making Jesus visible. Um, Ian. It's great to have you with us, and I know you're an incredibly busy person, uh, being the team rector for Yate Parish. Uh, but, of course, recently you've just handed over the baton of leadership of the mission area, uh, and you've been there kind of from the start. And, and uh, let's just talk about the mission area. What is that all about, and, and how has your time in that leadership role been? Well, the mission area, I, I think, is a very exciting experiment, I suppose, really, because that's how it was launched by Bristol uh, Diocese. It was uh, trying out something new, a feeling that, that, in a sense, the church needs to be exploring new initiatives uh, um, uh, as a way, really, of, 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 of uh, trying to develop what it is doing uh, in, a, in a different context. So, you know, what worked in the past isn't necessarily appropriate to the world that we are moving into. So very much we were given per- permission to uh, experiment, try some things new. And uh, uh, it's been great, actually, working with Froomside. We've learned quite a lot from them. I think they have learned some stuff from us. And I, you know, I'm, I'm without doubt know that our, our, our collective lives have been enriched by working together. Uh, and uh, uh, the statistics as well seem to uh, demonstrate that actually we are um, uh, stronger and more resilient as a result of, of, mm. of, of this partnership uh, that, that we're uh, working together in the gospel. And the idea of handing over to, to Malcolm at this stage is very much part of a very, very much a sort of planned succession. The idea is that, um, you know, when I retire, mm. the leadership of the uh, the missionary will remain con constant and then when yeah. uh, a new rector comes into Yate Parish yes. uh, the, the, the baton will be handed back to that person and then Malcolm will retire so hopefully you know, the, I know that plans don't always work <laughs> out but the idea is that there will be this seamless leadership prog- progression going forward 
so exciting to see that kind of partnership and it's grown over the years and I think by having the partnership in place I think it made it all really strong during the period of COVID evidently you know we were all struggling to engage with church but I think within the Froomside Benefice and Yate Parish as part of the big mission area um, I think we were able to help each other out and, and really strengthen God's mission uh, even when we were still locked up at home. Yeah very definitely and and and, and uh, the mission area, because it is this experiment, it gets evaluated by sort of people who come down mm. from London. And okay. certainly the reports that they produce about us are all very much indicating that this, this sort of shared learning, this sort of working together, yeah. um, uh, this partnership has made us... Uh, um, much more resilient and, yep. and, and capable of weathering the sort of whatever, you know, pandemics and things get thrown at us. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And I can I can see the fruits of that today. And I look forward to continuing the way that this podcast will form, where we're going to celebrate even more of that. There's so much that goes on within the two areas that it'd be really good to celebrate that. Um, communicating with everybody that i guess that's an incredibly important part of your job to make sure everyone is involved i mean hopefully the podcast will will, will enhance that it, it is important i mean communication is a perennial problem across churches <laughs> you know uh, uh, we often sort of talk of them as a ministry team that you know well we've we, we've put this information out but people seem to be unaware you know yes. there, there are times when you feel almost you could hire a billboard and put the information out there but someone in the church will say oh, well i didn't know that you know yeah. sort of uh, trying to get that information out is always uh, a, a problem and that's what is exciting to me about uh, the relaunch of the connection because i think the way communication works best is when you have multiple different channels sort of working in in a complementary way. Yeah. And I think the fact that the connection is going to uh, um, have sort of, if you like, sort of uh, articles or little sort of uh, snippets from Froomside as well as from Yate yeah. means that actually that learning from one another has largely happened at ministry level will be made available to, yeah. to, to everyone. We will, we will hear the stories about what's happening in, in Froomside. They will hear the stories about what's happening in, in Yate. Yes. And I think that will really uh, serve well to reinforce this sense of, of partnership and, and uh, together. Exciting. Well, it's great to have your support, Ian. And I know uh, Malcolm is also very excited to see how this podcast grows through the future. Um, and please do, if you can, just listen and, and join every month. It's going to be a monthly edition where you can listen to some of the great stuff that happens within the mission area. Uh, we'll gloss over the retirement bomb that you've just dropped within the podcast well, at this point, but we will talk about that I've, another I've, time. People, people know my age. I've made no secret of this. It's not imminent. So don't worry, anybody. You know, uh, but, but people know that I am sort of, you know, uh, uh, not uh, uh, in my sort of strapping use just the moment. So yes, uh, I have just passed my 66th birthday um, a, a few months back. Next birthday, I'll be 67. You know, it, 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 I'll be going on for you know more than a year. Yes, but yes. But probably less than two years, so okay. that's you know gives a rough time frame. Yeah, but that, but but certainly that's one of the reasons why the sort of the this planned leadership handover is yeah. important to yeah. try and sort of get that sense. So the idea is that I'm around with Malcolm yeah. for for a while, so that he can. Uh, uh, ask me any questions he wants to about, about yeah. how the mission area uh, works. I mean, he knows most of it already anyway. Of course, but, but uh, you're there yeah, to mentor yeah, him and support yes, him that yes. handover. It sounds, yeah, so it's a great, very clever way of doing things. Um, 
Yeah, well, fantastic. Well, um, next up, we've got a couple of articles to listen to. Uh, we've got a, an interview with Helen Belcher, who's going to talk about some mentoring that she's been doing with school children in St. Mary's. And we've also got a chat with Chris Ainsley, who has recently stepped back from his ministry duties within Yate Parish. So next up, we have a regular face within Yate Parish, um, Helen Belcher, who has agreed to talk to us here on The Connection about her first year uh, coaching for TLG, which stands for Transforming Lives for Good. Helen, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Justin. How Good. are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. <laughs> I'm all right. Um, thank you so much for coming to join us today. We would just like to explore the article that you put within the Yate Parish newsletter. Um, first and foremost, Helen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where have you come from? how have you come to church uh, just for the listeners to know who you are okay okay um, you can probably tell from my accent that I'm not from around here um, I come from South Wales okay. I've lived um, in Newport and Cardiff until 11 and a half years ago lived there all my life okay. uh, and moved into um, the edges of Tripping Sodbury okay. 11 years ago um, so we have been we went for a while to the a Baptist church yep. um, and then a few years ago we started to do some uh, prayer walking with Howell on the new estate nice. um, before it was built actually nice. uh, so we were walking around when it was a construction place and were quite excited about the whole idea of mission going on in this new place um, and then gradually we started to come to 6.30 praise as well yep. when that started and built up some really good um, friendships and connections with people and we found ourselves after Covid um, settling much more within the parish and well here we are here you are absolutely <laughs> good stuff and it's phenomenal isn't it that the new building Yate it just gets bigger and bigger all the time and it's great that even at the foundations that we were there we were present we were praying mm-hmm. um and you know if you want to find out more about the pilgrims and the work that goes on up there within the new building estate within Yate then do reach out to us because we can signpost you that way but what I wanted to talk to you today about Helen is evidently you're now a year into uh, TLG transforming lives for good so what is TLG? Um, It is a Christian charity that has the sole aim of working alongside children in school who are finding life, for whatever reason, uh, a little bit challenging at the moment. Um, We have some good um, coaching facilities available to do that. Um, And just the the whole idea is that you walk the walk with with your particular child. Oh, nice. That's really good. And, and are you based in a particular school or do you visit lots of schools within the area? Mm-hmm. Um, it's one particular school yeah. and there's a coordinator within the parish and it's nice. that is Reverend Joanne Hodge. Nice. She's our coordinator here. And we are based with St Mary's School okay. and there's a coordinator within the school as well, uh, Rachel Hill. So she is our link in school. And the, the idea is that you commit to doing one year 
habit of working with TLG. Okay. Um, so it's not an open-ended contract, which no. I must say I found quite uh, appealing at yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, because I don't know about you, but maybe you've been in a position where you get into something and you're not quite sure how you're going to actually get out of it when yeah. the time no longer feels <laughs> I can right. To that. Um, so the fact that there was those parameters in place was 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 quite appealing. Okay. And you work for one hour once a week with one child okay. for one year. Okay. And it's the same child throughout it's that the same, entire period. Same of time. child for that year. Wow. Yes. So that's that's such a beautiful relationship to have. I guess there was a lot of apprehension before you went into yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I have worked with children all my life. Okay. Um, nice. it was my day job nice. um, before I semi retired. Yeah. And um, so when I first heard about it in the uh, through the parish, yeah. I was immediately really excited and I thought, Oh yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, Something yeah. I really fancy doing. Um, and then uh, we did a bit of training as a group. There are six of us all together. Okay. And um, that was excellent. Um, having worked with children in primary and secondary settings, yeah. um, I have had a fair bit of training throughout the years. Yeah, and I thought the training was excellent. Oh, that's good. It's never, never hurts to sort of refresh things and to learn new things yourself, does it? No, 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 so that, that, was, that was really good. Um, so, yes, the, the very fact that you concentrate on building a relationship with one child yeah. for the whole of that year is something that's quite special. Yeah, I can imagine. And I imagine that child really loved that relationship they had with you. I mean, you know, we, we've identified that you've come to this with already having an experience working with children. But like you said, you receive training anyway yeah. to enhance that relationship uh, and, and the, the ability to coach uh, through this project. So uh, looking back at your first year, you've obviously, by the signs of it, really enjoyed it. How, how did it go? <laughs> it... it, it the, Generally speaking, very well, yeah. very well. Um, I've I've actually coached. I'm on my second yearly child now, okay. but I also took on another child halfway through the year. Okay. Um, and um, the experience for the three children has been very different. Okay. Um, so I've had one child who, from the word go was totally bought into this oh, um, and um, just wanted to be on board with whatever it, it was that we were doing. Yeah. Uh, quite articulate, quite reflective um, and enjoyed doing lots of different arts and crafts and things. So that was great. It was, it was quite straightforward to build a relationship with that particular child. Sounds fantastic. Um, one of the other children. Yeah. Um, I must be quite candid here, yeah. was um, more of a challenge. Okay. And I think probably I started at Easter with this particular child okay. and uh, last year. And from Easter until September was quite hard work. Mm. Uh, it was just a case really of turning up. Okay, okay. And being there and being that consistent person yeah. who was going to be there and listen whatever was going on in this child's life mm. and however much this particular child made it very clear yeah. I'm not very happy doing this um, okay. but the consistency paid off and being present being there yes that's yeah. good isn't it yeah and there is yeah. that that great relationship that comes 
in this case, clearly over a bit of time. But yes, yeah, yeah. No, it, did, it did take a time, but but it it it, it did bear fruit in the end. And we live in a crazy world, don't we? Mm. Post-pandemic, you know, lots of children hadn't been schooled. The social component of children's life, it was missing for so long. So what a great time for you to be present in this coaching style with, with TLG. Um, I mean, you've obviously come to the table with lots of experience working with children. I mean, has there anything that you've learnt within your first year and, and now into your second year that you'd like to share with the listeners? Uh, yes, I think it's the, the difference in the relationship because when I've worked with children before, obviously it was my job. Mm. I supported a lot of children with additional needs and okay. quite often with emotional and behavioural difficulties, sometimes speech and language issues, communication was a problem for them. So I was I was used to doing all that, yeah. but I think this is very different. It's very child-centred. Um, so you just go at the pace of the child yeah. um, and if it's your day job very often you have other targets that you obviously have to meet of course. Um, yeah. so it's a different pace of working with a child yeah. um, and that to me has been um, one of the revelations of this last year yeah. about how sometimes it takes quite a long time to build up that trust yeah of course um, so that's been useful for me to learn that. Yeah, yeah time. Um, and to begin to understand the challenges that individual children are facing. Mm. Because I think all behaviours that we see in our children are then communicating with us. Yeah. Okay. So it's about finding out what that communication is really all about mm. and not just reacting yeah. to the um, challenge that you see in front of yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that, for me, has been really good. I've oh, enjoyed good. doing that. Well, that's good to hear that you've really enjoyed it. And, mm. and evidently, you're carrying on. We talked about <laughs> yeah. the fact you could have tapped out, you could have got out of this, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. this, this very quickly, <laughs> which is always a nice thing, isn't it? If, you, if, you, mm. if you're not enjoying it, at least you saw there was an end in sight. Mm. But you've related to the fact that you've, you're into your second year now. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you looking forward to moving forward into your second year with, with uh, a, a, another child? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I suppose it's that... Um, that time frame is important again because it's it's about t- talking to your child in a fun way don't please don't think that this no. is all about sitting there and, and doing the do's and the don'ts it's yeah, not at yeah, all no, we make paper airplanes we do sewing uh, we build models we do um, flip books that's been a good one oh, yes. um, all sorts of things <laughs> that are fun to do creative. but yeah but just actually while the children are busy doing yeah that's when they they start to talk yeah um and it's about just those little pointers in their lives mm. that you can hopefully put there that help them to think about how they react and why they do it mm. like that okay. and then that will help them to react in a better way to, to respond in a better way yeah. rather than react yeah. perhaps okay. that's a better yeah. way of putting yeah. it okay yeah and, and that's that's what I'm looking forward to now. It's it's a little bit like a puzzle from my point of view. Okay, yeah. About trying to pare back the the stuff that you see that's very obvious, yeah. 
and to work out what makes them tick okay. and what they are actually trying to express yes. in the ways that they behave. Nice. And through your training and through your life experience, you can unpick that and help them. Mm. And, and in the long term, I'm very confident that child will grow up and look back and, and really cherish that time with you. Uh, and with the, any other coaching that they've yeah. received. Yes, yes. And I think that's that's what you have to always have in your mind, mm. that you're not looking for instant results. No. Although sometimes you have really good results within a, the space of a week or two um, where incidents do happen in school yeah. and you've been able to step in and actually talk to your child yeah. about why they've done certain things or how they've responded and reacted to things and to think about what might happen if they had done something different so it's about using that difference there's a little bit of I don't know whether anybody who's listening might have actually done the the uh, Lent course that Mm. we've been doing this year where we've been thinking very carefully about how we are present with people how we are curious and then how we can reimagine the future and actually I think that's what this coaching is all about yeah of course it's being present it's being curious well how did that make you feel then and hmm I wonder why you did that can you explain that to me yeah and then hmm what would have happened if yeah that's good isn't it to inspire the young person at whatever age to have that kind of train of thought it sets you up for life it's great life skills isn't it really good mm. uh, how's the interaction with the school though so when you're in I guess you're not in the classroom do you go no. do you go no, so no. you go out into a space um, yeah, the teachers yeah. obviously massively support your presence yes um, yeah very supportive which is great um, we we start off by talking first of all to their class teacher yeah. um, and there's a, a, a very brief form that they have to fill in yeah. which gives um, an insight from their point of view yeah. as to how the child is and how they respond and how they react to things. Um, ideally, we like to talk to a parent or a carer. Yeah, okay. uh, that doesn't always happen. Right, okay. um, and, uh, but that, again, would give a different perspective yeah. on the child because uh, we all know that children behave differently in different situations, as yeah, we all do. I can imagine. Yes, yes, yeah, I relate <laughs> um, to that. And... Then once we're we're armed with a little bit of information about the child, then it's about getting to know the child and to work with that. But yes, we don't go into the classroom other than to collect and take our children back if they don't do it on their own. Uh, We tend to sit in the hub, which is good because from a safeguarding point of view, you're visible there. Yeah, of course, it's Uh, great, I mean, we've all done DBS checking and and things, obviously. And we do say we take safeguarding very seriously. Um, And that's our first conversation with the child, actually, about not keeping secrets and doing all those sorts of things. But where we're situated within the the school is good because you're right in the centre there. There are other groups coming and going, so it's quite a busy place. Usually quite quiet, but, you know, sometimes not. Um, (laughs) And if I'm honest, sometimes it's my child making the noise. Um, But... 
yeah, so you're, you're there. The teachers uh, are more than happy if you need to just question something with them that's happened or you need a bit of clarification, something that a child has said. Um, so, yeah, very, very supportive. It's, nice, it's great. That's really good. And from the article you wrote, uh, within uh, the newsletter, you reference the fact that the, there are six mentors that are currently mm-hmm. working in partnership with St Mary's School. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but what happens if I'm a listener and I think, actually, this is something I could do. I could commit some time during the day to maybe be part of this process and I could give something back to the young people of St Mary's and the other schools. I mean, any advice and, and how do I go about being part of, of TLG? Mm-hmm. Um well, the first thing is if there's somebody on the team that you know, have a chat to them. Yeah. I'm sure everybody would be more than happy to uh, sort of give give you, uh, of, obviously there's confidences that we have to keep, yeah. but, you know, just tell you what goes on. Um, and then have a word with, uh, with Joanne, with Reverend Joanne Hodge, yeah. because she's our coordinator. So she's the, the person who would um, be delighted to hear from you, I'm I can sure. imagine, yes, yeah. of course. Um, and then it would be, okay, so if you, you obviously would have to do the training yeah, and uh, do the DBS checking and all that sort of thing yeah. uh, before you could start. Yeah. And sometimes it's quite a, a lengthy lead-in process, mm. but that I think that's fine because that also gives you a chance to reflect and to think about it, yeah. chance to talk to people. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if anybody was interested that we could arrange for you to actually shadow a coach mm. Mm. Okay. if you wanted to have a, a little bit more of an idea of what went on. Yeah. But yes, the commitment is—it's not too onerous. No, no, of course, of not course. at all. Um, there, there. You, you have a, a computer program, you know, a website that you have to log into, yeah. and um, <clears throat> every week, nice. or so on. Yeah, yes, of course. <laughs> I confess, mine's not every week. No, but still. Um, but but still. You, you, you fill it in yeah. um, with just some brief notes of what you've done with that child. Um, so yes, it's it's very supportive, and we've got our coordinators here, yeah. uh, both in school and in church, yeah. which are very useful because you know that if there's something that you're unsure about, mm. that I'm, if I'm unsure about something, I can go and talk to Joanne yeah. in confidence. She knows what's going on. She's she is a, a coach herself, yeah. Of course. So she yeah. you know she know she knows what it's like on the ground, yeah. Um, and I know that I can go and talk to her in confidence, and she will give her wisdom onto the situation yeah. because. Sometimes you just feel you can't see the wood for the trees and it's nice to have somebody else to be able to help you along there. So I never feel as if I'm there on my own, uh, which is also very supportive. Yeah, that's good. Um, So, yeah, my, my advice would be, if this interests you at all, get in touch with somebody. Yeah. And find out a bit more. Excellent. Well, thank you, Helen, for sharing your story. It sounds like you've had a wonderful year and you're already into your second year. Uh, and we're very confident that there are young people within the parish, within our local community that is really uh, benefiting from this, uh, as as they are with the other mentors themselves. And, and as Helen mentioned, if you uh, want to find out more information about TLG and how you maybe could get involved, then reach out to Reverend Joanna Hodge um, and uh, she will steer you in the right direction. Yeah. Thank you, Helen. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Jesse. 
Okay, so next up on The Connection, we are going to talk to Chris Ainsley. Now, welcome, Chris. Thank you for... Love to uh, Nice yeah. to come along nice and to talk to Nice to be us. talking to you all. Yes. <laughs> uh, Chris, we're just talking to you today because evidently you wrote a nice article within the Eight Parishes magazine yeah. with regard to your time, uh, but also letting us know that actually you're, you're, you're stepping down uh, and yeah. taking a bit of a yeah. retirement phase in yes. your life at this point. <laughs> <To> retirement? <laughs> yeah. My wife wouldn't agree <laughs> no, I've been very, very fortunate. Okay. Um, the different chapters of my life yeah. have been all very positive. Yeah, good. And um, as in the original article, um, I left school back in the 50s and joined the Benedictine community of Buckfast Abbey. Okay. And we all have our own pathway, um, and that was a very important part of who I am mm. as a person. Yeah. It gave me the foundations. Um, and then I had a, I was ordained a Catholic priest in 1961. 1961. Bishop, okay. but yeah. from the then Catholic Bishop of, Bishop of Plymouth. Yeah. And the community wasn't doing a strictly enclosed, there was a certain amount of parish work. I only did a very little bit. I gradually realised there was, as a person, I needed to be much more involved in the big family, mm, okay. Christian family, which is out there. Yeah. So, um, and we don't always know the signposts that God... No, the signposts and that and always changes. And sometimes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's, um, yeah... So, to cut a long story short, I ended up, I left Buckfast okay. and ended up in care work um, at the, one of the residential respite okay. centres for the Montesquieu Society okay. near, near Seven Oaks in Kent. I was there for nearly two years and that really helped me to step on. And at that time, I'm, I had deep inner faith. But the outward expression of him going to church and that mm. was minimal. Okay. And in my life, I've had these sort of desert areas, okay. which uh, I think have been very important. Yeah. Because you only realise the um, I've grown to become very aware of the sacred nature of nature. Okay. There's a, uh, I'm reading a book called Cameron, uh, Cameron Armstrong, who was a former nun, but had her own pathway. And it really sort of pinpoints there's a natural, in the last X hundred years, mm. there's been not aware of the unity of mankind with nature. Okay. And I'm very much aware, certainly as an artist, yeah. um, when I look out at nature, of the presence of God there. That's a great image it, it, to have, it, isn't it? It is. Uh, no, okay. It's the cause of the development of human nature in yep. uh, science, etc., etc. Yep. There's been a division. Yes. There's been division between the God there, nature there, yeah. 
and we've just used nature as a resource. Yeah, of course. And not as an integral part of who we should be. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, so, uh, in, in, in recent times, thankfully, yeah. to the power of David Attenborough, we've all yeah, probably know, had to, yeah, we've been reminded yeah. that nature know, is so yes, important. But we still it? haven't, I think, no. especially in the present times that we're all living in, yeah. for whether you can almost socially, yeah. environmentally, that. Yes. Yes, it's. Um, and then, so I did my, my two years, hmm. and that inspired me to train. Yeah. As okay. a nurse. Wow. French Air Hospital. Nice. The good times. Uh, yeah. Okay. In uh, 73, qualified in 70, 76. Nice. So a uh, nurse with strong faith. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And in those, in fact, in those, faith for me was a very important part of it. Yeah. But I'm first to say I didn't go to church very much okay. at all. Yeah. But I felt that God was holding my hand, yeah. you know, leading me in the, in the correct way. Mm. And, and so I qualified in 76, and worked in plastic surgery in Burns, okay. and that's the year that I met my Chris. Oh. Yeah. I was still a Catholic then. Okay. Catholic. And in, um, and we, the year we got married in 78, we moved to here in the eight. Nice. And I first got involved in the in the choir here, mm-hmm. and I did. But I said I was the Catholic. But in '79, then Rector Jeffrey Grant. Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was re-anglicised. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was actually born. Uh, um, uh, I was baptised as an Anglican, Anglican. baby. Yeah. But I lost my father in the war. He was in bomber command. Okay. And my mother then, her own spiritual pathway became a Catholic, and I also brought myself and my younger brother. Nice. Yeah. So that so so it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Was yeah. A bit of a journey then yeah. from Catholics yes. into yeah. Anglican and, and in the um, eight. And yeah. then your wife uh, was yeah. as yeah. a professional uh, teacher, a teacher. Yeah. As a yeah. She was teaching the old King Edmund School here. Yeah. In eight. Fantastic. And she'd obviously been brought up South Bristol. Yeah. Um, and sang in the St Peter's Church at Bishopsworth. Yeah. In the choir there. And so here you both yes. were, both professionals, teacher yeah, yeah, and yeah, nurse, nurse yeah, both yeah, both yeah, strong yeah, with faith. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what's the next bit of the journey then, Chris? How do you go from nursing to well, to, the to um, I end actually my last six and a bit years. Mm. Um, I say when I qualified, I worked on plastic surgery and burns for yeah. two years, and then did general medical. And then I, uh, I um, there was a charge nurse post, which is equivalent to a sister, yeah. over the old Ham Green Hospital. Okay, yeah. And the charge nurse post was the first NHS purpose-built unit in the UK for physically disabled. Okay. Or to view. Okay. And I applied for that and got it. Very well done. And I had a wonderful team. We didn't, we had about 30... Uh, 30 beds in the unit, all purpose built, some were sort of four bedded, some yeah. single bedded units. Yeah. And I had a wonderful handyman, a social worker, physio, occupational therapist, and we worked as a team. Yeah. And I used to say to my, I had wonderful, we still have contacts now, yeah, we mate. meet up with yeah. feeling in for, yeah. for, for lunch. Uh, oh, no, white head. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, but it was very important for me because, and I was 
coming back to yes, when I was very anglicised, mm. I became much more involved. Yeah. In, in here and helping with services in one way or another. Yeah. Um, and the, the being in charge, you know, being part of the team. Okay, the yeah. buck standard bit yeah. with me. Yeah. But I used to say to my team, I said, it's like the spokes of a wheel. Yeah. If you remove one spoke, it's weakened. Yes. So each one of you. Yeah. Is as in. A team, of yeah, course, of course, team. within as the church, in, of as course, as in a parish, yeah, yeah, of course, and each one person has their own gift, yeah, God-given gift and ability and things, and it's the the unit, the togetherness, the togetherness of that, yeah. that brings back, hopefully, a positivity and a forward-looking. Yeah, sure, oh, that's a great yeah. outlook, and, and it it's was, great that your 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 belief, your Christ-like belief, yeah. fitted into your leadership strategy. Yeah, being yeah, yeah, sure. into it yeah, as well. yeah, sure, it's so, good. Yeah. yeah, really good. And um, and I've always had a feeling towards meditation. Although I'm first to admit, when I was at Buckfast mm. in those days, I left Buckfast since 1970. In those days, the monastic, with uh, the, the different abbeys, Benedictine abbeys, there was meditation, mm. but the real, in contemplative thinking, which was, um, the springboard came from America. Okay. And it was interesting that Ian McFarland, who worked as minister in his parish, yeah. and he went had a sabbatical year out. In the states, yeah, and he explored that, and when he came back, I do, um, and he, those who would like to be involved. There's only a few of us down at Saint Nick's Abbotsford, yeah. on a monthly basis, mm. sometimes fortnightly, for a short meditation, and that really got me back into, and it, for me as an artist, it tied in with my. Feeling having a bond with nature. Yeah, nice. And it comes yeah. around in a big circle. It then, is, it? yes. You know, and it's uh, okay. As na as human beings, we like to have you know, like neat little departments, yeah, you know, security. Yeah. But that can it can cause closed doors. Mm. And even as an artist, I mean, I was. I did a glass engravers, a fellow of the Guild of Glass Engravers okay. for 43 years. Wow. And I was very lucky, very fortunate yeah. um, selling my work, but I realised that I need to explore new territory. Yeah. I need to come out of the nice greenhouse and go into pastures new. <laughs> nice. Not knowing quite what might Well, no one before. ever knows, do they? Yeah, yeah. So, so, I, you, so, uh, yeah. You, you, so you gave up your nursing, so you yeah. came, came to yeah. the end of your yeah. nursing well, career. And how it came, yeah. we were blessed with our daughter, our okay. daughter, Beth, yeah. um, in 87. Okay. And at that time, uh, my Chris, she was head of modern languages at King Edmund's yep. School. Okay. And she was earning far more <laughs> as a head of language, and then I was as a charge nurse. Okay. <laughs> so, certainly, and also she's 
12 years younger, so her working life is that much longer. Nice. So for, on purely financial, yeah. there are other reasons. Of and for, for us, it worked ideally. Nice. So you became, so I became a house husband. House husband, which, nice. Which in, in 87 wasn't yep. very, very common. No, no, I imagine yes. not. It's, I remember, it's a very different generation. And I remember... <laughs> um, and that was about two or three, I mean, on a Wednesday afternoon... Um, uh, Liz Gillespie used to run help them with Susan Johnson yep. down at the Methodist place um, for an afternoon. So I was there, and they had, of course, tea. And I was the only, at that time, I was the only house husband there. <laughs> and of course, he had a tea rotor. I remember okay. saying after a few weeks, I said, well, I'll, I'll go on a tea rotor. There were sort of slight looks as much yes. as I do thinking. <laughs> so I put a few extra ba- tea bags in there. Nice, extra tea. It would come again. Yes. Come again yeah. And it was, uh, so it was the next stage. And yeah. for me, it was uh, so special for all sorts of... As I say, I lost my father in mm. the morning bomber command. I was yeah. only five then. Okay. So I never had experience the fatherhood the father, to me as a young child. Yeah. And here I was now a father to a beautiful daughter. Nice. And so it's me, it's been very, very special. And obviously for my dear Chris as well. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. So so that was the next chapter. So nice. I became a house husband, nice. got, uh, got involved and yep. in all sorts. And once and there she started, she went to the old Rodford School, which was very, very good. Yeah. And uh, and so when she was at school, I was able to sort of develop my yeah. So my once glass, you went, my glass engraving, and nice. So you got to find some so other stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm and I met my Chris through music. We're both very keen recorder players. Okay. And this week, and I was playing in a quintet over in Bath, um, and this is on '76 when I met Chris, and the member. Uh, Anyway, to cut a long story short, Chris yeah. uh, joined the quintet. That's how I, so I met her. Nice. Used to be the food of love player. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Playing all the right notes, of Playing course. Playing all the right notes, of yeah. course, yeah. all of the right and, times. Uh, so it's, um, so I'm just very grateful to God mm. for all the chapters. And as I say, sometimes I wouldn't be here, sitting here, yeah. if it wasn't for each chapter. Exactly, yeah, it, 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 it led me. Um, life, rich tapestry, isn't yeah, it? it? Absolutely. Is, yeah, yeah, it's very, very much. Very so, much. of course, at some point, Ian Wallace brought you back yeah, in, yes, and you became well, very yes, active yeah, within the church. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this was there again. Uh, I was used to help before Ian Wallace. He came yeah. with what? Not. The two previous, you know, the the, uh, the, uh, the minister, yeah. the rector before, Rectors before yeah, yeah. Um, for his, he didn't want me involved in, okay. this, but I used to help with intercessions and things yeah, like that. Yeah, of course, help where you can. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And anyway, and Ian came on the scene in 2013, yeah. and uh, he obviously got to know his... Um, uh, new parishioners make sure they can give a nice cup of coffee and biscuits. Of course, of yeah. course. And so he said to, and he'd heard about my background. Nice. And what did be part of it? And he said, Chris, would you like to be more involved in the ministry? Nice. And that was God speaking through him. Nice. And he referenced. And, and I said, and obviously yeah. the various boxes had to be teed. Of course. And um, uh, Bishop Mike, the then mm. Bishop of Bishop, did all the necessary, and they checked with the Abbot of Blackfast. And so, and and then in um, in Easter 2014, 
I was given permission, PTO. Nice. Not pleased to turn out that was permission to officiate. <laughs> 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 yeah, so we went, and, and my Chris and I went over to Bishop Mike's over at Winterbourne. And, and that's great, so, isn't it? And so yeah, for so a good, good nine years, then you yeah. were part of this, as yeah, you as I you know. reference a special yeah. Yeah. supportive ministry yes, team, and yes. you know it's you became a regular face across the whole of the parish. Yeah. Yes, it's been very very important for me. Yeah, and I'm just very thankful to God that I've been able to, uh, um, been able to express my priesthood mm. in the ways that I felt when I left Buckfast at that time. Um, so I, I was. Because I left, but I wasn't allowed to practice my yeah. priesthood as a Catholic priest, and so it's just I was just very thankful to God that I was invited back to express nice. in a very practical, in a parish uh, context, you know, things. So we move on to the fact that this yeah. year you've yeah. celebrated yeah. your yeah. 86th birthday. 86th, so very yeah. happy birthday, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I hope you had a wonderful time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you've you've now decided that actually this is the next chapter, which yeah. is yeah. to yeah. step back yeah. from your yeah. your parish yeah. responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. What what's taking you there, and what's the, what's next? What's the plan? Well, um, I'm very thankful that I've got a very good health. Mm. I inherit my mother's genes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> And for that, I'm very grateful to, the good, to, to God for that. But I'm aware that I'm 86. None of us knows yeah. what the next chapter's going to be. You never know. And I'm, I count myself a big thank you to God that our dear daughter Beth has given birth to a, a little boy, Rupert John. Oh, fantastic. Yes. And Great name. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. And so... Okay, they live at Shirehampton, so mm. not right next door, but no. we see them. And I just want to be more involved nice. as far as possible. And each uh, each day for me, when I wake up, I say, thank God. Yeah. And I count each day as a blessing yeah, of course. Uh, for, for that. Lovely. Uh, uh, but I, when I had the discussion with uh, Ian about yeah. my retirement, uh, he, and he did he did say that he'd, he'd, he himself had thought that perhaps it was something I needed to consider. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So so I haven't completely withdrawn. No, I no. Uh, did ask, and he was quite happy and uh, yeah. and supportive that maybe once a month I would do the eight fifteen service here. Yeah. Okay. And That's also, good. obviously, if a member of the uh, ministry team is ill or mm. holiday and they need, in fact, this coming month, I'm helping out at St. James at a yes. service there. Yes. And then I love the, the Thursday midweek communion yep. here. It's just a small group, and for yeah. me that's very special. Mm. And so I do that maybe once or twice a month. Nice. And then I, my three nursing homes, uh, Fergrove, Stanchels, and the Meadows, yeah. um, Joanne Hodge and Hal Silver taking over. Because I used to do that on yeah. a fortnightly basis, but obviously with their pressures, they couldn't do monthlies. So, and, but I still take to communion to two people. Nice. You know, nice. Yeah. So it I, sounds like I, you've had a, a wonderful time within the Eight Paris. I, I mean, have, what yes. a wonderful life you've had. And, yeah, and yeah, evidently, very, you're suitably yeah. qualified to be yeah. looking after your yeah. new grand, yeah. your, your yeah. grandson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's really it's good. good yeah. And it's good to know that we'll still occasionally yeah. see you out and about yeah. within yes. the parish. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's just brilliant. It's good. Yeah, I'm just very, very grateful that yeah. God has given me all these 
little opening as we yeah, invited us. Come on, come on, come on. Absolutely. Come on. What a great story. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris, for sharing Tough your talk. very abridged version of your life because yeah. evidently we yeah. can talk all day about this. Um, but yeah, best of luck and we look yeah. forward to seeing you and yeah. keeping in touch in the future. Yeah, sure. Okay. Thank you very much. Many, many thanks. Okay, lovely. Brilliant. Next up, it's Father Ben Thompson from the Froomside Benefice to give us some interesting facts about Mothering Sunday. Hi, my name is Father Ben Thompson and I'm here to share with you three facts about Mother's Day and the church. Fact one is that in churches we don't talk about Mother's Day so much traditionally as Mothering Sunday. Fact number two is that in the Church of England we've only really been celebrating Mothering Sunday for just over a hundred years. The concept of a special day called Mothering Sunday is really medieval and it was only in the early 20th century that the practice was reinstigated by a woman called Constance Adelaide Smith. Fact number three is that Mothering Sunday in the medieval period was a great holiday where landowners and homeowners would let their staff go home to the villages where they were brought up and the churches where they were baptised to both be with their families but also to return to those places they started their Christian faith and celebrate the concept that the communities that raised them were as much part of the mothering process as their individual parents. Thank you, Ben, for those interesting facts about Mother and Sunday. And so that's it, the end of this month's edition of The Connection. We hope you've enjoyed the content and a bit of a sample of what to look forward to every single month. The good news is that we will be back in two weeks' time with The Connection Extra, where we've managed to capture some audio from Reverend David's installation and welcoming St. Saviour's Church into the Frimside Benefice and the Mission Area. But we'll finish this evening with the new mission area prayer. Let's pray. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, through your varying being, you demonstrate to us the power of working together. We pray for both our benefits and our mission area as we seek to establish your kingdom here. Help us to understand the truth that we are a body of many parts and are dependent on one another to thrive. Give us grace to listen to our communities and to each other. Give us wisdom to seek the signs of your kingdom in our local community. Give us courage to step out in faith, making your son real to those we encounter, to the glory and praise of your name. Amen.